Lance. Yes, Doug. We still haven't talked about butthole fly. Not today, dude. I can't do it. You're listening to The Tactical Big Top with ringleader Lance Abernathy, a former LEO and founder and chief designer at Sniper Bladeworks. Join Lance, Jag, and The Sideshow as we take a look at life from a tactical perspective. Check out the knives and gear at sniperbladeworks.com and on IG, YouTube, and the Facebook. I'm Lance, he's Jag, welcome to the circus. Todd, today I want to start on guns. Guns is Just a good topic. right out of the chute. I like guns. I know you do. And I know you're doing some gun shopping here at the moment. Yes. Tell us what you've purchased. Tell us where you're going. Well, I had the, uh, I had that one that uh, our buddy Bossert had for me. Um, that finally came in the uh, Remington, the short barreled Remington 700. I finally picked that up today. How did it look when you got it? Uh, amazing. We weren't sure which one came in. We didn't even look at it. It was uh, either a black stock or the Gilly Green stock, the Hogue overmolded stock. Right. I was hoping for the Gilly Green stock. Did you get Gilly Green? I got the Gilly Green stock. Nice. Now, doesn't that have some. Uh not texture, but isn't it sort of soft or have yeah, a soft touch feel? Kind of a to rubberized it? feel to it, yes. It's nice. It's very, very, very nice gun. Because I imagine that it wouldn't get quite as cold. Right. Which would be good in wintertime. Yep. With a little dexterity. Yep. And then Don and I started talking about um, I'm interested in looking for a scout rifle. You know I love scout rifles, but let's let's finish on your 700. Okay. Is it a threaded barrel? It has a threaded barrel. Or are you going to put a can on it? I probably am not going to put a can on it you, initially. I'm going to put, put a, a brake or I'm something. I'm going to on put it. a brake on it because if I, the last one that I had, which is this exact same gun, that some bitch kicked like a mule. That short barrel with a 308. Whew. A little ass to it. She thumps a little bit. We just got in the SIG crosses at the store. Oh, yeah, yeah. And those are kind of cool. They're light. Yeah. I mean, surprisingly light. You know, it's kind of a chassis gun. Yeah. But they're they're pretty interesting, I think. Uh, I was actually surprised. Don, one of the last times that I was down there, got one of the Daniel Defense precision guns that they just came out with. I can't recall the name of it. But for as big as that rifle was... It was pretty light. No, is that like an AR-10? Oh, no. No, no, no. It is a precision rifle. In a Daniel Defense, they have a precision chassis. They make bolt guns? Yes, they do Have now. they always made bolt guns? I don't know if they always have, but they do now. And I'll have to look into that. Yeah, it's really super nice. Getting back to our sniper roots. Yes. All right, so what are you thinking scout rifle-wise? Well, I really, even though it is not a true scout rifle because it weighs few, a little few, bit more. few things are. Um, I like the gun sight uh, Ruger. Of course, gun sight was started by Jeff Cooper, the originator of the scout rifle. Also a Marine. And just all around great guy. Yes. Um, the budget option is the Mossberg, but 
when I was researching those, it just kind of threw me off. I know. I, I need, someone just needs to bite the bullet and buy one and see. Well, one, you got to find one. Right. Like everything, every, it's a little hard to come by these days. But, I mean, if it would shoot, I wouldn't mind owning a Mossberg. If it doesn't, then I'm stuck with a $700 piece of shit. Right. And yeah. then I would feel bad about pawning that off on somebody else. Like, oh, no, look at this. Great. Barely used. You should buy this. I've only shot three rounds through it. Um, but, I mean, I do like the just out of the box. It's ready to go. Should be. Yeah, but, I mean, it already takes magazines. It's, you know, I think it's already threaded. It's already set up with the or available to put a forward-mounted scope on it. Right. I think it's got backup irons, all that stuff. Should. Because, you know, I need to. I mean, my Model 7 actually might make weight. Right. But I still need to to change out the bottom metal, take mags. Doesn't have sights, backup sights. Right. Right. Getting a rear one on there is not too tough, but I mean, I'm not quite sure how to do the whole front one. And due to the fact that Moon is not a huge scout rifle fan, I think I burned up all my favorites when I had him uh, tap the barrel for the midrib. Ah, uh, yeah. Now, he, he would probably help me change out stocks or put the bottom metal on, but I think he's going to draw the line at any more sight options, so I don't know. It might have to go to Jerry Dove. That, that's who made the mid-rib and does all the scout rifle stuff with, uh, you seen Richard Mann? Right. The writer? Yeah. They're buddies. And that's how I found out about Jerry Dove, who's a really nice guy, by the way. I called him up and had a few questions, and we were trying to get that Model 7 put together before we went hunting like in a week and a half or less and he got that thing to me and pretty cool dude nice. so yeah and there's just not a lot of other now i mean the ruger comes out of the box ready to go right but you're all you're kind of stuck i think now i want to say some versions take different magazines yeah um i mean you'd be better off i think if you could find the ones that take ai mags yeah um, I say that I don't know, but I mean they're, they're. I think they're more plentiful than trying to find. I don't know what magazine a three hundred eight proprietary Ruger thing is, but I mean there are a lot of AI magazines out there these days. Yeah, I know. Uh, when I was talking to Don earlier, he has the Steyr Scout, and well, I mean that's that's the Cadillac. Well, it is, except... It's weird looking. I mean, I, it, it's cool, but it's weird looking. I mean, I might have to have one someday just being a scout rifle fan, but it's got a little space gun to it or something. Yeah, and he's not a big fan of the integrated bipod. He says it's flimsy. I've seen more people take it off. Yeah. Cut some weight, and it actually trims up that forearm, forearm the forearm, where it doesn't look so fat. Yeah. And well, it actually yeah. was kind of sexy. Um, I mean, that would be an if option. You, if you do a little YouTube search, you can see where they get, like, scout rifle on a diet or some shit like that. Yeah. But you'll see this guy take all that crap off there that you don't need. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd be a big fan of that. But it's also, I mean, I think one of those is close to two grand, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Speed costs money. How fast do you want to go? So, uh, you know, the Savage one comes ready out of the box, and I had that one. I mean, yeah. it shot like a champ, which I think almost all savages do, but it was heavy. But it took AI mags, which 
I like. So, I don't know. It's just, it's a dilemma. It is a dilemma. Also, I've seen some versions with red dot scopes on them. I don't think you're supposed to do that. I mean, it's low magnification, right? I mean, it's sort of the criteria. So it's not, it's not like it's a precision rifle. I find that less offensive than if you put a red dot on something that you were trying to take a hostage shot with. Like a red dot 45 degree angled on a sniper rifle? Are you doing that? Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, I mean, I guess it serves a purpose. And what purpose would that be? To smoke somebody that's right on top of you. <laughs> when you don't, when you don't have time to look through the big scope. Well. Because they're right there and you got to give them the good news. Well, kind of a fan that if they're that close, you can probably just sight right down the barrel using your peepers. Using intuitive, unsighted fire. You're welcome, Graham. Before we completely shift gears on guns, what is your next purchase? Are we are we still in the market for something? Oh, I'm always in the market for one or two things. But actively. Yeah. Uh, Which is? Probably going to go after a little Glock. The want the 43x MOS with a uh, red dot on it. Is that single stack? Yeah, it's one of their slimline single stack ten round mag. What optic are you going to put on it if you get MOS? Well, I have the Crimson Trace one at home, but I kind of been looking at it. You know, that's the polymer-bodied one, and I'm not not a big fan. I mean, it's got great reviews, so I might just pop that on there, see how that one goes. Have you shot Red Dot yet? Oh, yeah, my SIG's got Red Dot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I love it, but I'm also going blind. Yeah, um, we aren't spring chickens anymore. I, uh, in that class that I took a few weeks ago, they made us turn it off for a while. And um, Did it affect your groups? Well, yeah, some of it was unsighted fire. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, like we were just talking about. So, I mean, you're really, you're kind of using kinesthetic alignment. And, but, yeah, it worked better with the dot on. Because sometimes I also would, you know, not fully aiming, but I can see that dot in there. Right. Now, some days I'm not, which is, that's a form issue and may have something to do with being right-handed and left-eye dominant. Just not picking up on it. I, it's like a handful of other things I do that are borderline retarded, Todd. Don't, don't have that look. <laughs> you, you seem shocked that I might do something in a different way well, than normal people would. I don't know. I typically not, think you, you shoot like I do with both eyes open. Uh, I mean, part of the time, but now, I mean, if I can close an eye and, and zone in, I like to, but like, that, I mean, that wasn't really... Like the, Danny Glover? That wasn't the... Per- well, that's kind of how I look, but my head goes the other way, <laughs> right, because of the thing, and they're like, are you fucking pirate? And I'm like, no, but I mean, I've been doing it now for 30 years. I mean, it, there's so many reps there. I don't, I don't know if we're going to break that. Yeah, habit. you're not unrepping that. I mean, you probably could if I lived long enough, but... It, you know, and if you're doing them both at the same time, right, if the head's moving while the arms are extending out, 
don't necessarily see a huge problem with that, but I don't know, maybe. I'm sure there's somebody that knows more about it than I do that would tell me it's wrong. Well, but as long as it's effective and... You can always find somebody that's going to... That you could do it one way or the other, and somebody's going to tell you both ways are wrong. Yeah, that's what I was getting ready to say. Now they're both wrong. You suck. So, all right, so we're looking for a Glock. Yeah, I think that's... I'm thinking, because uh, I'm in that small gun market myself, we're letting one of the C's... Shit. She's going to hear this. And I just said one of which would mean there's more than one CZ. Anyhow, I'm already in it. We're letting one of the CZs go. <laughs> so, um, and I think I'm going to turn that into uh, SIG 365. Ooh. like the grip on it. I like it that it already, you know, it's trim, but it's double stacked to start with. Right. Um, and that may be another option for me as well. Yeah, I you know the triggers on those are pretty nice. I mean, I think all striker fires are a little squishy. Yeah, but they're pretty light, so that's kind of where I'm thinking because I like the FN, but it's not sure she knows I have the FN either. I like the FN, um, but I'm fucking gonna get murdered. Uh, I like the the <laughs> FN, but it's a little. You'd think I was still drinking, just letting that slip out. Um, but it's it's a little big for summertime carry. Maybe it'd be nice to have something that wasn't full right. sized. Yeah. So we will see. It. We'll see what I pick. We'll see if I actually make it back for next week. So. That seems to be a common theme with these things. Uh, Whether it's talking about a watch you want. And- or a gun that you know she doesn't know you have. Well, that's about it. That's all of them, honey. That's all I got. The other ones were lost in a boating accident. All right, I did something awesome last night, Todd. Is this uh, podcast appropriate? It actually is. This one is safe for most viewing audiences. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little frightened right now. I went and saw The Thing in the movie theater. Oh, that's right. That came out. I love that movie. Right. I went and saw that with Dad when I was in ninth grade, and it was just fantastic at the time, and I've watched it many times over the years. We used to watch it in the shop a lot. Hold on. Before you go any further, tell the audience your favorite way to like to watch the key okay, so the you, thing. Okay, so you know this, and I was going there. So once upon a time, I was watching the thing at home. I think this is when I lived with all the cops in the coast. We're just packed into this duplex. But I would open up the windows in the wintertime and get in my sleeping bag, right? So it was like it was cold and watch the thing. It was freaking awesome. And um, then over time, that story got changed. I was naked, which probably isn't true. But anyhow, we love the movie The Thing, and we like to watch it. So um, we'd watch it down here at the shop. I went and saw it at the theater, and uh, Herb and Baker went, and all the girls came. But they couldn't get the movie running. We, they didn't. It was supposed to start at 7. It didn't start till about 8.40. Holy crap. But we just hung out and shot the shit. We watched the trailers. Everybody in the theater was talking, showing crap on their phones. 
So, but it was it was awesome. It was on the big screen was cool. They turned the air conditioner down for you? They did not. They did think it was a little weird that I hauled my sleeping bag in there, though. <laughs> Mrs. Sniper just spread out. She actually slept through part of it because the back row, we reserved it. Yeah. So she just flipped up the armrest. A couple times I had to nudge her. I'm like, kind of, you're snoring. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. Wilford Brimley. And I forgot that Keith David's in it. Yeah. 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 Childs. So did it, uh, did they digitally remaster it or anything? Or is it was like a re-release? Did it look No, it looked like good. It I mean, it, it looked clean. Sound was good. Music was scary. I forgot the music was kind of scary. I might have to go. Well, those fucking aliens watch are scary. Again. They were. Uh, plus flamethrowers. You know, there's flamethrowers in the whole movie. That's right. awesome. The Kurt, sound they make. Kurt Russell's awesome. Drank a lot of J&B in that. <laughs> so, I, uh, yeah, just a neat moment. And, you know, and Dad had seen the thing. So we went and saw it. I was in ninth grade. But Dad was telling me he saw the original thing with James Arness when he was a kid, and he had ridden his bicycle to it. He was like, I'm scared shitless coming home. So he raced. Have you ever heard this? No. He would race from one streetlight to the next, and he would ride around in circles till he built up courage and speed, and he would shoot to the next streetlight because he was afraid the thing was going to get him. Oh. A young GA riding circles in the streetlight. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we've always had a had a soft spot in our heart for that movie so I was glad that we went and it was fun Alright, Angelo Pito, you have joined us here under the tactical big top so tell, me, tell us when did you get out of boot camp how long have you been out? Uh, I graduated boot camp about April 1st, so it's been a, been a couple months so far. And how was it? I mean, it's, it's one of those things, it's, it's, extra, it's really fun, you meet a ton of good guys, a bunch of good people around you, but it's also, it also sucks at the same time. I was going to say, you sa- it sounded like maybe you were doing some kind of recruiting thing here for a minute. How, what, was the worst, oh, yeah. what was the worst part for you? I definitely hated hiking because you you have like a 60 pound pack on your back and you have to hike up the over especially in California over in Camp Pendleton there's a lot of mountains a lot of hills it's all the dry heat it's exhausting the sun beating down you all day and the drill instructor is constantly messing with you making you you know stop walking make you run make you get closer tighter there's a thing called where they just yell uh, where they go, tighter, and that means you have to get literally like nuts to butts with the guy in front of you. Did you and like? The, did you like yeah. that? Was, I, mean, <laughs> I got used to it after a while. But right. It's ama- the first part, I hated it. It's amazing what you can get used to. So would that make him a Hollywood Marine, Todd? He is definitely a Hollywood Marine. Nice. Yeah, our buddy Jag that works with us is here, and he was in the Corps. Oh yeah. Yes, sir. All right, what was your favorite part? Uh, probably, actually, uh, either shooting. This is my rifle, this is my gun, this is my body, this is my Table two for rifle qualification. It's uh, a more combat-focused uh, shooting. It's like uh, instead of uh, table one, which is from 100 meters distance shooting, 
Table two is more combat focused, which is anywhere from 50 meters to five meters away. It's more of like speed oriented, like if you're in closer quarters, things like that. Right, like defensive accuracy. Like shooting drills and stuff, like there's a target in front of you, there's like a, a pelvic uh, a pelvic stop drill where you have two shots to the chest and one shot you. We lost you there for a second, but I think we got the point. The Kind of like I one of those you. body armor drills where you give it to them in the goodies. Shoot him in yep. the dick. Who said that? <laughs> Uh, That's what that drill is. Yeah, uh, is that is. a Clint Smith thing? Because uh, when you shoot the pelvic region, it breaks that pelvic bone and it like breaks down their uh, the lower half of their structure. They can't walk anymore. And it also severs the femoral artery. Exactly. All the good stuff. All right. Did did you cry at all? Oh, when I got to the top of that mountain, uh, top of the Reaper, the final go to be a Marine. I, I bawled like a bitch. What about like when you first got there? Were you kind of like, I want my mom? You first get this huge culture shock. The first two days, you don't even really sleep because um, they keep you up. But then the first two days after that, you're just kind of so you're super stressed. And that, especially that Friday, that Black Friday, you meet your drill instructors for the first time. You're just super freaked out. You like you you barely can get any sleep because. You're always stressed about something's going to happen. Everybody's yelling at you. You little scumbag. I got your name. I got your ass. You will not laugh. You will not cry. You will learn by the numbers. I will teach you. Like, you can't move without being told to move. You can't speak without being told to speak. You can't even refer to yourself as I or me. It's this recruit, that recruit, recruits. So it's basically like growing up with your dad. I get it. Yeah. How is your dad? What's Pedo doing today? Oh, uh, I, I think he's just working right now. He's driving his truck. Right. So where did, where are they sending you, or what are they having you do? What is your? It's not MOS in the Marine Corps, is it? Yes, it's MOS. Yeah. What is your MOS? Uh, my MOS is CBRN. Uh, it's an acronym. CBRN stands for uh, Chemical, Biological, Radiological, and Nuclear Defense Specialist. That's what they wanted me to do. I heard it's not fun. It's not. I was, right. a, I was an NBC NCO. It was just an extra duty for me, not the right. actual MOS. Okay. And it sucked. And have we started doing that yet? Uh, right now, I'm in holding because uh, it takes a lot. There's not very many Seabird Marines in the Marine Corps. So unlike other jobs where, like, there's so many people for one job, so they can only have so many people in a class at a time, my job, we actually have to wait for people to join the class in order to make up enough people to start training. Right, and, and then, only only about one or two people show up every week, and we have to wait till the class fills, and then we can officially start training. I have to wait till August. Okay, then where we'll be done with that until November. Where will they send you then? Do you know where you're going? Where will you be uh, stationed? Right here, right here in Missouri, uh, Fort Leonard Wood, down uh, four hours south of Kansas City, Fort Lost in the Woods, where Army recruits Army. Yeah, I was gonna say you, uh, makes, you you did go into the Marine Corps, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, is that an army base? It is an army base. It is. But you're taking it uh, over, aren't you? You take over every base we get on. I took over Fort Leavenworth. Right. Just like the sheriff's department. Every time we hired someone from the Marine Corps at the sheriff's department, Todd would be like, Lance, we're taking over. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, are you excited? Are you looking forward to it? Oh, yeah. I'm actually super stoked for it because I'm actually uh, the job 
It actually transferred over to civilian. I wanted, I've always wanted a job in the military that transferred over to civilian side very well. So whenever I got out of the military, what are you I gonna, could easily what are you go, What are you going to be when you do that with that degree or that training? Become a terrorist? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, it's more of a kind of more chemical kind of stuff. Like uh, an example would be a water treatment plant. Uh making sure like nothing is contaminating things because that's some of the training we undergo is how to decontaminate locations how to decontaminate people areas um we get qualified in hazmat defense nuclear uh defense for nuclear fallout things like that and if i could that could be a place i could work at as a um, water uh, treatment plant is to help keep the water clean and things like that it actually pays pretty well all right, well, good. Looks like, sounds like you have a plan. I always like to have a plan. It's my OCD talking. All right, and what are you going to make the, did you call them coolies or poolies? Coolies. What did you call the people that you're going to go make run or whatever? Poolies? Oh, poolies. What are you going to make them do today? Uh, it's just a simple PT today. Actually, uh, the guide, each uh, recruiting station has like its own like little... Uh, platoon size of uh, new enlisted members. The Pooley program, the DEB, the delayed entry program, is made specifically to get uh, en- newly enlisted members ready to uh, ship to boot camp, whether they be physical or mental uh, strength that they need to get ready to go. And you're, and, uh, today, you're going to help them the with guide, that? Say again? And you're going to help them with that? Oh, I'm going to run the PT a little bit, a little bit of yelling, you know. <laughs> get, a, get, a work, get a work in. Nice. Little little taste to see of what they'll see in boot camp. Excellent. All right, brother. Well, thank you for uh, popping in here. And yeah, uh, if you're me. if you're still around next week, we'll uh, talk to you before you uh, head out. Oh yeah, I'm here until uh, next Thursday next week. All right, we'll see if we can uh, squeeze in another call. You be safe, brother. Hey, thank you. You guys too. Appreciate it. Super fly, Angelo. Super fly. Hello, Joe. Hello, how are you? It's Lance and Todd. Oh, God. I know, scary. (laughs) How are you, Joe? I'm good, how are you? All right. How does it feel to be the big winner? You're kidding me. Big winner. Oh, does he not know yet? He knows. Oh, I wasn't sure if he'd heard or not. Yes, we drew you. Did you draw me like one of your French girls? Pretty much. <laughs> Good no, one. I, I really, I, I, this is awesome. I won't know what to do with, with a piece of kit that nice. Well, we'll uh, see about getting that to you here. Post haste. How are things in your world? Uh, outstanding. I actually, uh, I was listening to uh, last week's podcast on uh, on my way home today. And you were raking Todd over the coals because he didn't have a, a watch on. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, he doesn't have a shirt on today either, which is kind of weird. It's, <laughs> I don't know. But he was working, so I didn't really want to jack with the flow. I just let him go with it. <laughs> I have a tough time finding a watch that I can wear and work with and not tear up. And uh, so I kind of gave up on him a long time ago. That's why you're going to get a, something, a beater. Well, wearing that uh, Santo around something with, you know, a lot of grit and high RPMs probably isn't good. 
could be. Oh, yeah. If you were, so we'll just turn it into the watch segment. If you were going to wear a watch, what would it be, Joe? You know, just something, just something with hands, right? You know, that that's reliable. Um, you know, because if you ever have to take a pulse, it's easier to do with hand. You know, a watch with hands that can just take a beating. You know, that that you can work on your car with or or whatever, and you don't feel bad about tearing up. But you know, you pay three, four hundred bucks for a watch, man. You feel bad tearing the crap out of it. Do you, do you have a particular brand in mind? Uh, I you know I'm kind of green. I don't, okay. I, like I said, that's not my world, that's man. Right. Yeah, obviously. I start looking not. at the prices, and I'm like, man, I could buy a lot of ammo for that. Well, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and remove you from the watch segment now. Um, are you still? <laughs> are we still playing guitar? Absolutely. How's yeah. that going? Is that good? Are we in a band these days or playing out and about? We play uh, two or three times a year just for funsies now. Right. Uh, life, you know, it's just one of those things. We did it for a living for a long time. We worked really hard at it. It kind of burns you out. Um, so now we just do it for fun, and, and it's not a business anymore. You know, my, my brother did that kind of. Do you remember that? He would get yeah. with, I can't, the name will come to me in a minute, but one of his buddies is a trained opera singer and a truck driver, which is just an amazing combination. <laughs> but they would play out at uh, the hideaway or the hideout that one of uh, his buddies from school owned. Yeah. And like twice a year they would do it, and they were... Angry chair, broken chair, or something. I think it was angry chair. Armchair, armchair musician. Yeah. So yeah. we, uh, we here at Sniper Blade Works, we being Nick and I are maybe oh. in the process of forming a, an acoustic Sniper Blade Works band. He right. has an acoustic bass. Except for me, I'm going to play an electric tambourine. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm going to get down on that thing. So well, you're, I'm, you're I'm welcome to join. What you you play a mean kazoo? I I can tear it up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like some kind of folky alternative jug band. I think that's what it's going to be about. Hell yeah. I like it. Sort of like Deliverance meets Nirvana or something. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you might you might start working on a set list for that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to throw uh, You'll Never Leave Harlan Alive. That'll be my first pick right there. Perfect. All right, brother. We just wanted to check in. I hope you're having a good one, and we'll uh, we'll get your knife to you here as soon as we can. Awesome. Keep up the good work, guys, and uh, I can't wait to see the new shop. I'm hearing lots of good things, and, uh, you know, so I'm going to make a trip down there and bug you guys and get in your way one day, okay? Yeah, please do. All right. Thank you, guys. Really right. appreciate it. You're welcome, awesome. brother. Be safe. Take it easy. Later. All right, our last little segment got us talking uh, music. So tell me Buddy Brown. Yes, I told you just a minute ago you would like Buddy Brown. He's a country artist. Um, Very patriotic. Like, bleeds red, white, and blue. One of the name of the songs that is pretty popular of his right now is If This Country Still Had Balls. I like that. It's a very, very nice song. Kind of Merle Haggard on the fighting side of me. Oh, yeah. I I like that. Um, And he sounds more old country? He sounds a little older. Um, 
in the you know the Merle and the Whalen tradition. Right. Look. He's got he's got some more contemporary sounding stuff too, but he does a lot of the right. older sounding stuff too. But not a lot of the new poppy. No, not Kamiyama. Tree hugger shit. See how tight I can get my fucking jeans on stage. Unless you're talking about Dwight Yoakam. Well, Dwight Yoakam falls into the outlaws, so we're we're not going to talk about Dwight. It's his own special category. And he dated Sharon Stone. Dwight Yoakam's just fucking awesome. Yes. My favorite Dwight Yoakam thing is uh, Dwight's used records. And it's all just country covers. It's fantastic. And there's two versions of Paradise on there. Uh, John Prine. Like if you did the right together. So if you just didn't get enough on track like 13, track 14 gives you more. Oh, you mean and, like when we were detectives and you used to play whatever the fuck it was over and over and so over and I over? So I have, a, according to some people, a bad habit of I will listen to a song on repeat. And I don't, I'm not sure why. I don't know if I'm trying to learn the words or if I'm just in the moment. And then I'll get distracted and I'm not really paying attention. It'll be on repeat. <laughs> and one day I had... Pearl Jam's Black on repeat. Which, I love that song, by the way. Right, but not not for like six hours straight. And Todd just starts grunting the lyrics at me. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, dude. I left that on, didn't I? Fuck you, you dude. <laughs> and then the other one was, and Dwight Yoakam sings this, but this was uh, the Warren Zevon version of Carmelita. Apparently, I just played that over and over for two days and went, Fillion came in, and Fillion's like, "Dude, no more, no more Carmelita." He goes, "I woke up at two in the morning from a dream singing Carmelita in the middle of the night. You got, you can't do it." And I'm like, "All right, we'll we'll take a little break from old Carmelita." Well, both of those songs are they deserve to be played on repeat. They're very good songs. Yeah, because they got some debauchery. For as much of a straight arrow as I am most of the time, I like my music to have a certain amount of just. Degradation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, drug dealing, using, drinking. You know, you need to... Guns, money. You need to spend a lot of time in bars or behind them to really develop a perfect country tone and attitude. Yes. Yay! Tell me about the cult of Butterfly Knife, kids. I just... So, perusing the bench, I saw that we have our cheap example of a butterfly knife that we're looking at the ergonomics and the mechanics of because we are actually thinking about making a Sniper Blade Works balisong. And I remembered last year, walking through the show, Blade, and just a giant group of kids sitting in a circle. I mean, they may as well have been fucking chanting just flipping their fucking butterfly knives. Are you sure they weren't like getting ready for the butterfly knife competition? They could have been, but it looked very suspect. Right? Were you waiting for Jim Jones to come out and serve the Kool-Aid? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Somebody. Uh, yeah, I missed that. Who's the grandfather of Balasongs? Maybe for, maybe for a good reason, but... No, I think they actually do some kind of competition with them, and they like a yo-yo competition or something. <laughs> They're spinning them and tossing them and stuff. Uh, but no, I think we can actually make one that'll look just like a sniper blade works knife when it's open. Right. 
same ergos and whatnot. I mean, that would be cool. But that's a lot of twisting and turning parts that's going to tax my already challenged brain, but it, I believe it can be done. Well, we will see. I just, I don't know. Maybe we'll have one of those cult members flipping and throwing our knives around. Yeah, maybe we could start our own cult. I'm out. <laughs> we should do another giveaway what do you want to give away so i was digging through some stuff the other day and i found in my archives of files and files of like my actual physical files not computer files nerds um one of the original 11 inch sniper blade works decals the window decal don't give that away i want it you can't have it. Look, I don't have shit. I don't. I want one. Well, I do, I'm willing to give it away, and it's mine. Well, hang on. Maybe I'll give a bead away. What? Here. Oh, we still have Sniper Blade Works beads? Stand by. If I wasn't supplied, I'd be able to read this shit. I could have swore I saw something that said a bead on it. Oh, my God. Sorry, we'll edit some of the slow part out here. Um, beads. Beads, motherfucker. It's intact, right? Because we cut those in half. Yes, that is the original. The what was that guy's name? Something Gage. John Gage. That made those. Yeah. Is he still around? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's still around. Does he still do artsy stuff or just knife stuff? I don't know. Did, I don't know did, that did, he does anything now. Didn't really. he do some knives too? Yeah, yeah, I have a, a gauge knife, a little neck knife. But he did, I mean, he was almost like half and half though, right? Uh, yeah. Doing art stuff. Didn't he make like some figures or something too? Yeah, he like did. Little, well, he does a lot of the little, little pewter stuff, yeah. Yeah, that thing's badass. It is. Maybe we'll uh, cut that up like we did with the other ones. And I may still have one of those on a keychain somewhere. Unless I, I don't know, probably gave it away, but I end up giving everything away. Yeah. All right, well, we'll see. We, uh, and I've got a 2X shirt we could give away. Got it tucked under the bench here. Oh. We have, uh, we have some ideas for future giveaways basically is what the point of this is so if you're fat if you're fat or husky, you like stickers right or beads it's not fat right your body's what 85 percent water or something so it's what fat water it's flooded not fat you're just flooded oh flooded i see anyway go to the page comment Somebody start a thread, or I'll start a thread. Somebody will start a thread. That says I'm fat. That says Lance is fat. And what you would like to see in a giveaway. Swag. You know, I'm sure that we can probably give away a knife again someday. We probably have to do it secretly. Um, 
don't know. We got a lot of stuff. Let us know. So, Lance, we've come to that part of the podcast that everybody seems to love except us. Um, how do you feel about snakes? I'm a snake. I'm a slithery little snake and snake. I'm so slithery and sneaky because I'm a snake. Slithering in your garden, catching me a mouse. They're not my favorite. Although after... After having gone to Africa, they don't bother me as as much as they did because they're most likely not going to kill me here. Uh, but yeah. I, they still creep me out. They're not my favorite. Well, just a little, you know, for at ease for your brain, you know that less than 1% of people that are envenomated by our venomous snakes of this region, which are the rattlesnake and the copperhead, die. Yeah. Anyway. So... Um, I have some snake stories from Thailand. We'll maybe tell those in a future story time. This, uh, this story time deals with a former colleague of ours who is now, um, he's a very high-ranking Kansas City, Missouri police officer. I'm not sure that I want to use his name. We'll just refer to him as Nate. Yeah. Nate. We'll, we'll talk about Nate. Love Nate. Haven't seen him for a while. Great guy. Nate does not like snakes. I have a couple of Nate snake stories. I don't think I know these. You probably don't. So uh, Nate was on the SWAT team as well with Lance and I. We were doing a uh, sniper spotter stock training event at a house that we used to train at in Weston Bend. We had a certain amount of yardage that we had to stalk and not be detected. Some items that were set out that we had to draw um, a like a diagram and try to put yardage in and how close that we got. We stalked almost all the way up to the house without being detected. We were pretty good. Of course, I used to do it. Nate, I don't know, was just innately good at it, I guess. Um, We were by the fence, that back fence that was maybe 20 yards from the house, the white picket fence thing. As we're sitting there, and I'm going through the exercise, I'm like, you know, hey, tell me what you see, how far do you think it is, I'm drawing the diagram. Next fucking thing I know, Nate screams like a little fucking girl and jumps up and runs away. And I imagine he got spotted at that point. He did. We we were disqualified at that moment. At that exact moment, we were disqualified. What kind of snake was it? It was a tiny little fucking ringneck. <laughs> All right, what's your other snake story? Holy shit. Okay. So, back while I was on patrol, and you probably know this, I was known as the deputy that had everything in the car to be prepared for just about any contingency that we could come across. A mobile convenience store of tactical goods. Yes. Well, you had to be prepared because being a county officer, you, especially a unique county like ours where, you know, we'll just say 50-50, you got half of it that's urban and then half of it that's rural, you know, you have to be prepared for a lot of things. 
So, I get a call, or I don't get a call. I hear a call go out over the radio for our friend, pal, for Nate. Who we're referring to as Nate. Yes. He got a call that there was a snake in the house <laughs> at, at a, uh, a location in a very affluent neighborhood of Southern Platte County. Um, the one down there off of Brightwell. So, as soon as that call went out, I started heading that way. Right, I need to see this kind of thing. Um, the the call re- the caller reported that it was actually a copperhead that was in the house, which very very rarely when you get those calls is it actually a copperhead. It's usually something else, non venomous. Right, right, or the bank's being robbed. Something. It's the cleaning crew. Right. But go ahead. So. I mean, I am on my way, my phone rings, and it's Nate, and Nate is asking me, hey, uh, you want to come down and help me on this call? Nate, I'm already on the way. So we get down there, and of course, I am the one that goes in the house. The lady that was there at the house said that she had already killed the snake. She cut its head off with a shovel in her kitchen, okay, on her beautiful immaculate tile floor she had stabbed this snake cut its head off with a spade shovel that had a point and just demolished one of her tiles just destroyed it and wouldn't you know it was actually a copperhead oh shit yeah was Nate all freaked out about it oh yeah he was way freaked out I may or may not have. I don't really remember. This kind of is akin to the hypodermic needle story. You chased him around? I may have picked the head up and chased him around. (laughs) I'm not sure if that's true or not. I couldn't be embellishing. But I heard it happened. It could have happened. You know, speaking of destroying floors, do you remember that giant... Dude, this dude was a great big bitch, And he'd gone to school with... P-A-U-L, and Herp from back in the day. And he thought people were stalking him, like organized stalking or gang stalking, which is a thing, but it wasn't happening to this guy. And he had a tape full of static, and he's like, can you hear it? And he had a warrant, and they tricked him into coming to the sheriff's department um, to snatch him up. So that one went well. But then he he was a bit unstable, and he'd gotten into a... uh, altercation with some relatives over at the lake and he he took off on foot and they couldn't find him I vaguely remember this but he so I circled back around later in the evening I kept coming there I'm like I bet you he's gonna work his way back so I, I come back and he like navy sealed into the lake and swam off like in his clothes and shit so he's coming back to his car, dripping wet, and he's a you know he's a great big son bitch. He's unstable, so I got him at gunpoint. Finally, I just said, "Dude, look, you scare me. Like I'm I'm straight up gonna fucking shoot you if you do anything weird. I promise you." And then after that, this guy and I were super good buddies, so I had to deal with him all the time. But he had a super nice house out uh, off of ninety two. 
and he chopped a hole in the floor and he hung like a plump up from the ceiling to see if it would vibrate. But he had hardwood floors with just a massive hole in the thing. I remember that. So then he'd gotten a, some kind of restraining order. I don't, and I don't know if it was from his wife. I think he was just so jacked up we basically banned him from his own house. Yeah. But they told him he could go out and get some, some items from the house. And the judge didn't like that. So I'm out at the house. They find out that he can't be there. So I'm like, dude, you got to go. You know, they, they told you incorrectly about that. You're not in trouble. But I have to follow you to the county line like some old West movie. The, the judge was like, make sure he follows him to the county line. <laughs> so, yeah, that dude was absolutely ate up. Yeah, I don't remember that guy's name. Not that we would say it, but. Uh, yeah. Freak. Yeah. But we're buddies. We might still be today if I saw him again. I don't know. Right. Partner, I'm going to need you to go and get out of my county. Thanks for joining us here in the Tactical Big Top, and we'll talk with you again next week. Be safe. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Tactical Big Top with Lance, Jag, and the Sideshow. Please like, subscribe, and let us know what you'd like to hear more of. You can also find us on IG, YouTube, and the Facebook.